Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 39 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life, it happens in sports, and I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hello everybody, I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show from our flagship station, Sports Radio, 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week as we delve into the world of your mind and sports, attitudes, focus, preparation, confidence, relationships. I've been here for the last 19 years, the last 29 years on radio here in Kansas City, and our show's now around the country in a number of cities, and of course podcasted all over the place. And look forward to doing this show every week because we talk about you, and we concentrate on things that relate to your mindset in sports and life. And of course, today with the numerous crises we're in in our society today, we've talked about a lot of different things on this show. And I hope everyone's doing well and staying safe and protecting themselves. We're entering a very interesting time, needless to say, where I think the next few weeks are gonna tell us a lot about where we go and what happens. Professional sports is starting to open up. The NBA, the NHL, MLS, Major League Baseball are all starting to or planning to have competitions, have games again. The NFL is talking about setting up things for the fall. They've got a start date for training camp to open in late July. The PGA Tour is playing. But we don't know how it's going to go. We know on the PGA Tour, a number of players and caddies have tested positive for coronavirus, so they've removed themselves. And I think we're going to have this going on all fall. It's going to be an interesting time that we've never experienced before in sports. Youth sports has opened up, thankfully. Kids are able to start playing again. 
college teams are starting to have athletes come back to school. However, a lot of schools are having their athletes test positive and they're quarantining them. It's an interesting time to say the least about where we're at. So, as I come up with topics for this show every week, I try to apply something to what we're dealing with now. And I thought a great topic for today would be the topic of focus, the topic of concentration. How can you focus and how do you deal with distractions? It's something I deal with all the time with clients in my office, whether it's a 12-year-old baseball player or a 30-year-old football player, an Olympic cyclist, a Taekwondo athlete, a volleyball player, a swimmer, golfer, tennis player, soccer player, doesn't matter. How do you focus? How do you concentrate? And that's what I want to get into today. Because maybe more so than ever, we are dealing with distractions from all over the place. Internally and externally. One of the things I always talk with athletes about when we, we bring up the issue of concentration and focus, how do you deal with your worries, with your fears? You know, and, and, and I like to take those two words, focus and worry, and look at them. When I ask athletes, what are the, you know, what are the things that distract you? They'll talk about what they worry about. And what they worry about are things related to fear of failing, fear of letting people down, fear of success, fear of screwing up and messing up their teammates, worrying about outcomes, worrying about results. And when we talk about focus, then we talk about concentrating on what you're doing. So I, I find a big difference with people when we talk about the ability to focus and concentrate versus worrying and getting distracted and losing your mindset. So I want to get into that today. We're going to open up our phone lines now. If you are an athlete, what do you worry about when you're playing, when you're getting ready to play? Do you worry about failure or worrying about screwing up? you worry about letting people down, your teammates down, your coaches down, your parents down, your family, the fans, whoever, your classmates? Do you worry about negativity? And when you're focusing, are you able to concentrate on the task at hand and concentrate on your effort? I like to look at it from this perspective. I always talk about foe versus four, FOE versus FOR. FOE is focus on effort. FOR is focus on results. I think when you're focusing on results, you worry about the score, you worry about statistics, you worry about what other people think. When you focus on your effort, you're concentrating on what you're doing. And when you're concentrating on what you're doing, you don't worry as much about the result because you're trying to concentrate on the task at that moment. And I'd like to hear from you. If you're an athlete, what do you worry about when you compete? If you're a coach, one of the biggest challenges you have is to get your team to concentrate on what they're doing. If you're a coach, I'd like to hear from you. How do you get your team to deal with distractions, deal with negativity, and to focus on what they're doing. 
Because if you can do that, if you're able to do that, you're going to have a tremendously greater chance of success than if you don't. So I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach, if you're an athlete. We're talking about focus. We're talking about concentration. We're talking about worrying and distractions. And what are the distractions mentally that get in the way when you're trying to compete? So let's take today's society right now. We've got the whole scenario with the coronavirus and all the stuff going on there. That's an underlying distraction, an underlying fear, an underlying concern for so many people. So how do you handle that as a coach? What are you saying to your athletes, to your team? How are you getting them prepared? How are you going to get them to go out and play and not worry about that? I think that's where we have to start. What are you saying about that? You know, the pro teams, the college teams are going to test their athletes and hopefully they'll be safe to play. Obviously, if they're testing positive for the virus, they're going to have to sit out. They'll have to be very careful about that. So that's an entire issue right there, an underlying issue. But once you can get past that, then when you're playing, can you concentrate on what you're doing? So what are the things you worry about as an athlete? First and foremost, I think, is your performance. Am I going to do well? Am I not going to do well? Am I going to screw up? Am I going to make a mistake? Am I going to fail? Am I going to strike out? Am I going to drop the ball? Am I going to miss the shot? Am I going to double fault? Am I going to you know make a mistake? If you worry about that, then your focus is not on what you need to do because then you're focusing on the negatives. So I'd love to hear from you. If you're a coach, how do you get your athletes to focus? How do you get your athletes to concentrate? What are the distractions that get in the way? If you're a coach, what are the distractions you have? Do you worry now more so than about performance than about everybody's safety? And is that in your back of your mind as you're going out to coach the team? And how do you deal with that? You know, once, once you are on the job, whatever you do, you've got to concentrate on what you're doing. If you're worrying about something that could happen or something that might happen, then your focus isn't on the task at hand. You know, breathing helps a lot, and we'll talk about that in the second part of our show here, about using breathing, mental preparation, relaxation, visualization techniques to help you concentrate. But I'd like to hear from you. Give me a call. Let's talk. How do you focus? How do you deal with distractions? How do you deal with the worries as an athlete, as a coach? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Give me a call. Let's talk. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports 
If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad. How do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Olivia, from Washington. Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. Today we're talking about this topic, the topic of concentration and focus. So far, I've been talking about that, and I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, if you're an athlete, 
how do you concentrate, especially today, with the scenario we have in life today, with the coronavirus and the concerns for health that we all have, the safety concerns we all have, if you're going to play sports, how do you concentrate? And, and in spite of that, just in general, when we talk about performing, performing to, you know, you want to perform to your potential. So what does that mean? You need to have a game plan. I talk about four key words, preparation, focus, attitude, and confidence. And confidence is the foundation of everything. Preparation is how you get ready mentally, physically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, nutritionally. What do you do to get yourself ready to play? And part of that preparation is a game plan for success and failure. A game plan if you start to play well, if you don't play well. Let's say you're out going out to the golf course today. You get out there early, you warm up, you get on the range, hit balls, you get to the practice, the putting green, you hit a bunch of practice putts, feel ready to go. You're hitting the ball really well, and you go to the first tee and you shank your drive into the woods. What's your game plan for that? Do you go a, a few expletives, slam your club, get ticked off, and then duck hook the next one? Or do you relax, take a deep breath, visualize a positive shot? Take a practice swing, see it going where you want it to go, and then hit it properly. Preparation has a lot to do with that. How you mentally and physically get yourself ready, and that's where breathing comes in. You know, one of the th- of course, we have to breathe to, to be alive, but breathing is, is a tremendous way to focus. I always tell people when you, when you make a mistake, step back, take a deep breath, inhale, slowly exhale, and visualize a positive what you want to do. That's where... You know, for years I've talked about the relaxation visualization exercises that, that I have on my website. They go through a breathing exercise, a muscle tightening and loosening exercise, a confidence building section, a visualization section. It's a 20-minute exercise. It's called 20 Minutes of Athletic Success. And we go through that because what it does is it gets you mentally prepared. And one of the great things that I've, I've learned over the years with mental preparation is preparing not just for success, but for when a mistake happens. How am I physically and emotionally, psychologically going to react to that? So I'd like to hear from you. If you are an athlete, maybe you're on the way to the golf course right now or on your way to a youth sporting event, what are some of the distractions, the negatives, the worries that can get come in the way of playing? And what do you do to overcome that? If you're a coach, once again, how do you try to get your team to concentrate on the task at hand? All right, Blake, when you played football and you played all the way to the collegiate level, you had to deal with this at times. So what did you do? What were some of the worries or distractions, the negative thoughts that got in your head? So um, you talked in the first segment about FOE and FOR. Uh, focus, focus on, results, on effort versus focus, focus on, effort. on results. Yes. Um, I think as far as going into the game, a lot of my nerves came from focus on result. I was never scared about my effort, ever. It was always, if I had nerves, it was it was performing properly while I was on the field. Now, as soon as that whistle blew and the clock started, everything then became focused on effort. I no longer cared about the result because I knew my if my effort was there, the result was going to follow. Okay, let me let me interject something here. And this is not this is not an, a, a negative towards you, but you're a high energy guy. Yes. Right? Very much so. Okay. So, because you're a high energy guy, that adrenaline is going to allow you to do that more so than if you were more of an introvert and a real, not that you're not a thinker, because I know you are a thinker, but your energy level is very strong. So if you were not much as much of an outgoing type of guy and more of an, 
just a real cerebral person, you'd spend a lot of time thinking. Then you might start going in that negative way, correct? Yeah. Well, you can start over overthinking and overanalyzing everything. And once you start doing that, you know, it's hard to kind of reel yourself back in to focus on just the little stuff because you start, you know, I always tell people you can't eat a pie in one bite. You got to eat it one bite at a time. And Depends how big your mouth is. Yeah. <laughs> true, true, true. Um, but yeah, when you when you start thinking about everything, you start that pie grows a lot bigger and bigger and bigger. And soon you're like, uh, 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 and you start overanalyzing everything. You got to bring it back down. And that a lot of times comes with taking a deep breath. Like you said, you know, um, taking deep breaths, just focusing on what can I do the very next play. I know, you know, the breathing aspect of this. In, in, in sports where you have the time to visualize and focus and concentrate, you know, obviously you're running up and down the soccer field. It's you, you, you can't stop and take a breath. But in a sport like golf or tennis or basketball, when you're shooting a free throw, you know, and, and I've worked with so many basketball players, field goal kickers. You know, we, we talk about visualization and we talk about the art of focusing. Um, of course, my former co-host years ago, Nick Lowry, who kicked for 17 years in the NFL, 14 years with the Chiefs. When he retired, he was the most accurate kicker in football history, and he kicked more field goals than anybody in the history of the game when he retired in 1996. That was one of the things we talked about. He talked about a lot on the show, how we would use breathing and focus to concentrate on the next kick. When he would go out to kick a field goal, he would not, and it didn't matter if it was three minutes into the game or with five seconds left, his focus was on, all right, this is a 40-yard kick, the wind's blowing right to left what I need to do to make the kick. It wasn't on, if I make this kick, we're ahead, or if I miss this kick, we're going to lose. It's how do I execute? And the years I've worked with professional baseball, the Kansas City Royals sports psychologist for many years, one of the things that I talked talk to many of the players about was this. I know back in 1990 when I was the team psychologist with the Royals, George Brett won his third batting title. And I know he talked a lot about the ability to focus on the next pitch. You know, he wouldn't get himself caught up in worrying about striking out or missing it. He would focus on the next pitch. There's a reason he won three batting titles. He's in the Hall of Fame and had a career batting average over 300 because he was able to do that. But I think that's where the preparation part comes in. So I'd like to hear from you. If you're an athlete, let's get some calls in here. If you're an athlete, what are some of the things you worry about when you're playing? Do you worry about failing? Do you worry about screwing up? Do you worry about letting your teammates down? Do you worry about what people are going to say after the game, after the competition? If you're a coach, how do you try to get your team to concentrate on what they're doing? There are so many different distractions out there, especially for kids. You know, when, if you take a kid's sporting event, you go to the game with your, with your mom and dad, brother and sister, grandpa and grandma, and you're out there with your friends, you start playing, and you make a mistake. And maybe you hear somebody say something negative towards you. Maybe you hear a parent say something, a parent of another, another child on the team. Maybe you hear a fan say something. Do you think about that or are you able to concentrate on yourself? That's where the preparation part comes in. Negativity is going to happen when you play sports. You're going to fail. You're going to screw up. You're going to make mistakes. So how do you overcome that? That's where, to me... Mentally preparing for positives and negatives is so important. And having a game plan and having a coach who is a support system, a positive person who will help you get through that, not get angry at you for making a mistake. And that's where I think as a coach, one of your jobs, and look, pro coaches, they get angry. 
You sports coaches shouldn't be getting angry at kids for striking out or making mistakes. Your job is to help them get through it. Well, give me a call and let's talk. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're talking about focusing. We're talking about concentration. Give me a call and let's talk. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy. Or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. 
Storing your gun securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports. And today's show is about focusing and concentrating when you're performing, dealing with distractions, dealing with worrying. And I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach. How do you get your team to concentrate? You know, in today's society with the coronavirus and all the things going on, we have so many added distractions, so many added things in, in, in the mix that can affect what you're thinking about when you play, when you get ready to play, when you perform. So how do you as a coach get your team ready to play? Do you talk to them about these things? Do you, how often do you talk to them about mental preparation? You know, I know there are a lot of, a lot of coaches who just mention it. A lot of coaches don't get into it. But is it something you delve into that you really discuss? I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach. How do you get your team mentally ready to play? How do you help them handle distractions? And if you're an athlete, what do you focus on when you're playing? Okay, so Blake, when you played football, like you said, when the game got going, your adrenaline got going, you were focusing on your effort. I, I am assuming that you made a mistake once in a while. Not very often. What? Yeah, I know. Never. But, but, but when you did, were you able to bounce back from that, or did it stick in your head, and did you make another one? Yeah, I was. I had a pretty pretty uh, rubber band mentality. I was able to snap back pretty quick. And we have a caller. All right, we'll go to that. We'll go to the phones. This whole issue is so important because, you know, when you go play sports, number one, do you know what the first goal should be? And I don't care if you're playing in the Super Bowl, the World Series, or a Little League baseball game, softball game. Have fun. Enjoy it. And if you can focus on having fun and enjoying it, you're not going to worry about the results. You're going to concentrate on your effort. Just going to have fun. And, and that's the key thing, having fun. Okay, and if you focus on having fun, you're not going to worry as much. So let's go to the phones. Let's go to MW. MW, how are you doing, my friend? Well, I'm doing just fine. Thanks, Dr. David. Yourself? I'm good. I haven't talked to you in a while. You staying safe? No, I'm doing the best I can. You know, it's a weird circumstances all around the place, but I guess that I'm hanging in there. That's the main thing, and I'm a, a couple weeks away from starting my 70th year, so I'm just... Hang in there. Don't participate in competitive sports too much anymore. But I, I do like to watch other people and see how they focus. And I mean, you know, Andy Reid, and I, I think that this, uh, this new uh, Matheny. I think that, that the baseball team. This is a weird circumstance for the baseball this year. And I, I, I you know, this is the kind of thing where the Royals just might, just might be a playoff team you just can never tell about those kind of things well i think any team could be a playoff team in this scenario but we'll see so so let me ask you let me ask you a question so when you work 
Okay, and 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 you, if I remember correctly, you 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 deliver the mail. Is that right? Well, I was a letter carrier. Right. I'm, re- I'm retired for quite a while now. Right, but okay. This is a question everybody asks people who deliver the mail. We were afraid of dogs. Well, I always had treats. Oh, I, you're a smart guy. I always made yeah dogs. <laughs> in fact, in fact, I got in a little bit of trouble one time because dogs would follow me because they they liked me. I was one of the few mailmen, you know. Cause oh, dogs you mean you were the cause of dogs running away because I all followed you into the truck to get treats? Well, the, no, they. But I did have dogs follow me up and down Ward Parkway a couple times. I got in a little bit of trouble for that, but <laughs> I, I I learned how to kind of shoo them off. But you know, you, you, if you're friendly, you know and and I'm not afraid of dogs because I've only had dogs all my life. You know, I had dogs since I was a pretty near an infant. I lived on a farm with my grandma and grandpa, and, and I was raised with animals and stuff. So I, they never bothered me at all. But I, I, I enjoy them. But I do like uh, thinking about the uh, uh, the concentration. I mean, the Chiefs are the defending Super Bowl champions, and uh, looks pretty good this year. And I'm really looking forward to what this short baseball season because this is kind of a season where the Royals could just surprise everybody because uh, it's just it's just so many odd circumstances. So it. so let me ask you what when you watch an athlete can you tell sometimes if they're when you listen to interviews with them that their concentration was more on the negatives or worrying or on screwing up more so than on performing? Well, I don't I don't know, you know, cuz it's, it's such a hit and miss thing, you know, you know, if you you fail more than you succeed in something like batting and baseball, so you know, you just you just got to be clutch like uh we've had a few real good clutch, you know, you were talking about George Brett or something, you know. We've had a few really good clutch ball players here in the Kansas City area and and then everyone will always remember them, you know, and and they'll be the, the you know, Hall of Fame and everything else. Well, and the thing the thing is, and as I mentioned earlier, okay, in 1990 when I was with the Royals and I was there full time, I got to watch George every day, and and I watched how he'd get ready. I would watch how he would focus, and you know, and and I would look at him, and I and I often compared him to other players, and there was a difference, okay, in his mindset and the way he would if he'd strike out, you know, he wasn't happy. But he didn't go throw his bat and, you know, break stuff. He'd go back into the dugout, go back up to the clubhouse, look at video what he did, and get ready to go back for the next at bat. So his mindset, of course, he'd been a veteran for a long time at that point, but he didn't like striking out, I can tell you that. He wasn't happy with it. But he would have a good mindset to go on, and and, and I think that's the key thing. Listen, M.W., you stay safe. It's always good to hear your voice. You could tell that that George is a pretty serious guy, too, when that – that whole pine tar incident that that you know that's still memorable. I mean, they still show that every once in a while on on television. Just because, yeah, George is a concentrator. That's for sure. Yes, and it's always great talking to you, Doctor Jacob. And you hang in there yourself. Yeah, well, you stay safe, M.W. Thanks for your call. Thank Take you, care of yourself. Okay, we're talking about concentration and focus. So I wanted to share a story about a high jumper I worked with years ago, and it was his last meet of his college career. He wanted to jump seven feet. He'd never done it. And he was a very high energy guy, to say the least. This guy was one of the most excited, excitable athletes I've ever been around in my 39 years, 40 years of doing this, County grad school. Great guy. It was his last meet of his college career. He wanted to, he'd never jump seven feet. 
So our whole, we worked on relaxation and visualization. We went through a whole exercise that he would listen to before he compete. And we're down at the University of Oklahoma. It's the Big 8 Outdoor Championships. And we did the relaxation visualization ex- effort. And look, I said our focus is the next jump, the next jump, the next jump. Didn't matter the height. Didn't matter if he missed it. You know, you get three attempts at each height. He started at either 6'8 or 6'7. First jump cleared that height. And then 6'9, first jump cleared it. 6'10 cleared it, first jump. 6'11 cleared it, first jump. Then he got to seven feet. And remember, he looked at me, he goes, wow, I'm at seven feet. Boy, am I having fun. He cleared it by over an inch. He was so happy. Team went, almost picked him up. Everybody was all excited. And I said, remember telling him, I said, you're not done. Oh my God, you're right. I got to go again. And then he cleared seven foot one. How was he able to do that? Because his focus was on his effort and his execution, not on the height. And it's the last, last meet of his career. It's a great interview with Joe Carter, who hit the game-winning home run for the Blue Jays in 1993 when they won the World Series. Before his at-bat, he's in the on-deck circle looking around. I've had him on the show before. He mentioned this. He goes, he was in the on-deck circle looking at, wow, this is great. Everybody here is having such a great time. Boy, this is what I've always dreamed of. I'm just going to go up and swing the bat and see what happens. He wasn't saying, I've got to hit a home run or I'm not going to hit a home run. Just going to up and swing the bat and have, boom, home run, left field, Blue Jays win the World Series because his focus is on effort and concentration. <clears throat> so if you can do that, if you can challenge yourself to focus on your effort, you're going to have a better chance of dealing with that. And one of the keys to that is understanding the negatives, the distractions, the worries, the fears that get in the way. So one of the things I always tell people is write them down, identify them, have a game plan for them, focus on your effort. If you start focusing on the score, the numbers, the results, you get yourself in trouble. I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'd love to hear from you. How do you focus and concentrate? What distracts you? Give me a call and let's talk. We're on Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy. Your football buddy. Or you, your best man. Your worst man. You, your dog walker. 
your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Today's topic has been about worrying, focusing. How do you concentrate? on being the best you can. What are the things, the distractions mentally that get in the way of your concentration? Do you focus on your effort? Do you focus on results? I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach, if you're an athlete, how do you concentrate? How do you focus when you're out there playing? And if you're a coach, how do you get your team to deal with the distractions that get in the way? Let's go to the phones. Let's see what Steve has to say. Steve, good morning. How are you? Hey, Doc. How's it going? Good. Get your thoughts. Um, I, I, something that's been really di- distracting me lately is I don't understand when uh, sports became a battleground for societal ills and issues. I, I, don't, I, I don't understand. I, I like to enjoy, like last night, just turning on the ball game and watching the wild card game from 2014 or 2015. I don't understand why we have to ascribe social meaning to all sorts of sports. Can't can't we just have fun? And well, doesn't that put extra pressure on kids and, and and kind of destructive when we have all of the soccer players in in uh, Carolina for the women's soccer league taking a knee during the national anthem? I just I, I just don't feel this is this is necessary. I just don't. I don't believe everyone believes the same thing. Uh, I, I don't think any of this is necessary. Uh, they had a, uh, one of these social justice warriors programs on ESPN on Wednesday night, and it got the lowest rating in the 25-year history of ESPN. People just don't want this. They had 100,000 people watching a, a town hall on how bad America is. I mean, I, 
I don't want this. I, I don't. I, I don't want it. I'd rather not play the national anthem than have these people hijack our society and culture. I mean, I have. I have to be honest. I mean, this is what's going on right now. It's extremely distracting, extremely destructive, and and I don't see how we make anything positive out of it. We just like a, they're like six year olds. You have to take their ball away and not not let them have an anthem or anything else. Well, I mean, okay. I, what, I, I what hate you're to say what, it. what you're well, you're entitled to your opinion, obviously, Steve, as, as is everybody. And you know, the the issue I think is this. Um, Athletes are role models, whether they want to be or not, in spite of what Charles Barkley said years ago. Okay, <laughs> athletes athletes do have a say just like you do or I do. And their venue for expressing themselves is is where they play and where they perform. You know, you don't have to agree with them. You can you can agree with them. Um, in today's society now, you know, everyone with, with social media, with every, every, every way we can express ourselves, people have an opportunity all over the place to express how they feel. And athletes are people who do have an impact on people, so they are entitled to their opinions. Like I said, you don't have to agree with it. You, you can agree with it. It depends on where you're at. Um, but how we concentrate and focus is important. So if you're going to go out there and play, you know, you want to make a statement. You make a statement, then you still have to go out there and perform, right? Whether well, you, I'm, I'm, I'm all for the expression. I mean, I, apparently the NBA is going to have a, a message on the back of their jerseys instead of the name, the players will elect to have a message of maybe a social justice message, whatever. I'm fine with that. I'm, I think that's perfectly appropriate given the nature of the circumstances. But if, what if one of the players, it, it only seems to go one way. What if one of the players wanted to put uh, Drew, B, Drew Brees was right the first time on the back of his jersey? I mean, that's, I, I would love to see if they would allow expression both ways you know it, it's only it only seems to go one one side you know it's only it doesn't seem that there there's no exchange of ideas well that's i don't know that i agree with you on that i don't know that i agree with you on that but, but look that that's the, here's here's the deal we are entitled to, to express ourselves in this country that's one of the great things in my opinion about about this country is is there is freedom of expression and i've been working with athletes for 40 years i've worked with you know, athletes who are world champions, Olympic champions, professional champions, college champions, the whole thing. And I've been around a lot of them who have expressed themselves and expressed how they feel. And a lot of people don't agree with it. You know, this time today, we're in such a traumatic time in our country. And there's so much angst, so much anger. Okay. It, it brings out a lot of things for a lot of people. I think when it comes to, to, to playing sports and to be able to concentrate I have no problem with athletes, coaches expressing how they feel. Is there a time to do it? Yes. Is there a time not to do it? Yes. Okay. You know, I'm not going to get into the politics of, of, of sport, the, the political aspect of things. I don't want. I don't want to get yeah, into that. I, know. I mean, but, this but, is kind of a brilliant. This is kind of a brilliant idea by Commissioner Silver, though. His his job is to get as many eyeballs. And let me tell you, if everybody's got a message on the back of their jersey. I mean that's going to get that's going to get every show talking. That's going to get everybody saying, "Look what's uh, dissecting what's on the back of LeBron James jersey." I mean, I think it's a fantastic idea. I would just love to see more diversity uh, of opinion. And and what gets me is in this country, it's supposed to be you know what what is the market will bear or what is what is right and good, and we're getting shoved down our throat 
one side, and, and people were rejecting it, like this program on ESPN, which, which I mean, there was a lot of stuff that's aired over 25 years of ESPN, and that was the lowest-rated show in history. Well, well everybody, everybody's, looks, Steve, the bottom, the bottom line is, and, and listen, I appreciate your call and thoughts yeah. this morning. i got to let you go, but thank you for your call, sir. You know, you're bringing up a good point, and here's the deal. I, I believe in, in everything that's going on now, inequality. It doesn't matter what color your skin is, where you came from, what your religion is. We're people. And, you know, when you're out there on in sports, when you're out there competing, and I had this show a few weeks ago. Uh, Jordan Willis, defensive end for the New York Jets, called in and shared his opinion. He goes, Doc, he goes, when we're in the locker room, we come from all different places. We're all different people. But we're, we're wearing the same jersey. We're out there to do the same thing. That's to win the game. Player best to win the game. And he shared he went to K-State. And he said, you know, it's a wide diversity of players out there. And K-State's got some issues right now because there's been a – Kansas State had a real negative tweet stated this week. And a lot of players have been angry about that. And they should be. You know, I, I, the racism that, that, that is finally, finally being addressed now – is bringing up all kinds of things. And people are entitled to their opinions, but here's the thing, when you, in, in regards to playing sports, when you're out there on the field, on the golf course, and the volleyball court, and the swim, swimming pool, and the football, it doesn't matter where you came from, doesn't matter your religion, the color of your skin, your sexual preferences, you're out there playing sports, and you want to compete and want to do well. And so today we have all these distractions all these issues, and most importantly, health, safety. And it starts with that. So it's going to be interesting to see, in my opinion, how the colleges and the pros move on now with the coronavirus. How will they play safely? That is going to be an issue, I can assure you, in the back of a lot of players' minds. And at some point, it will go away because they'll be out there playing and they'll focus on playing. But in regards to this topic today, how we focus, how we concentrate, it's, it's an excellent topic to look at in terms of the pros and the colleges now, how they're going to get their athletes back. I, I am questioning personally how it's going to work because I, I don't see, with it the way everything is right now, how these teams are going to play without people testing positive, and it's going to be interesting. Well, and I'll tell you one thing, we and me and Allie Trost, uh, you know, host of Sports Saturday, she, me and her talked about this yesterday. College is a whole other beast compared to the NFL. You know, at least these NFL players are a little bit smaller. They're not in school with thousands of other students. You mean you know? small in terms of the number of players on a team? Yes. yes not physically. Yes. Not physically smaller. But they're just, I mean, yeah, it's physically smaller too. But, um, you know, as far as other players, you know, the amount of players on the team, they're not in a thousand, you know, multiple, you know, 20,000 person school. Every gonna, day. There's going to be, to be go more control. There's way the more pro, control. Yeah, yeah, the pro teams are going to have more control over it. But the, bo- the bottom line is this safety. And, and comfort. So when you're out there playing and you want to play your best, you want to focus on the task at hand. You want to have those distractions. So having a game plan for the emotional distractions, the physical distractions, psychological distractions is going to be really, really important. And the teams that are going to succeed if we do get to play and perform are going to be the ones that are going to handle that the best. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacob. Hope you enjoyed the show today. Our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. They're also podcasted on SoundCloud, on iTunes, and on my website, winnersunlimited.com. 
If you want to get a hold of me, there are several ways to reach me. You can follow me on Twitter at DRJ Sport Psych, at DRJ S-P-R-T-P-S-Y-C-H. You can uh, send me an email at my website, which is winnersunlimited.com. The email is drj at winnersunlimited.com. You can always get a hold of me at my office at 816-561-5556. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. Olivia, from Washington. Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.